Returned Cinematrimony is back after a pretty long absence, which I think is uh, mostly due to the fact that we have added another baby to the family. It's true. Made yeah, another baby. I mean, the first one's three. Yeah, well, we've had another baby. It's made it increasingly difficult for us to actually see movies to podcast about. And in fact, this one we have seen, we saw separately. That's right. So. Uh, unlike our usual podcasts, uh, I will be offering my, um, my thoughts on quite a bit of a delay here. I actually saw this a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, and you, but you have just seen it tonight. Indeed. And we are talking about Moneyball. We should say, for the record, even though we, this kind of is a foregone conclusion, but this may come out before the movie is even out. This will not be spoiler free. I repeat, this is this is a discussion about the movie. This is not a review. Well, we're going to put this out the day the movie's released. Okay, I well, say. I still just want people to know. Yes, that's fair to say. So, um... Wow, that went well. Well, <laughs> we got that out of the way. Um, so, Francesca, I'm really, uh, I'm really intrigued to hear, first of all, I want to know how somebody... You, you are definitely not a sports person at all. Uh-huh. Don't like sports right. of any kind. That's not fair to at say. At all. Nope. That's not fair to say. I hate football with a fiery, fiery passion. I don't mind other sports. And I mostly hate football because of what football is in this state. I don't hate it as a sport. I hate the culture of it. So right. We don't want to have that discussion right now because that would be a mean and ugly and long podcast. My point is, and I definitely don't have a problem with a sports movie. At all, football or otherwise. I like a good sports movie. I was actually reflecting on this. I think one of the first movies I saw, like, with a group of my peers was Cool Runnings. And, yes, I wept in front of a bunch of people. I think I may have had a crush on one of the people there, too, and I was weeping like a tiny baby over that Jamaican bobsled. But I don't even know if it's totally fair to say that this is that kind of sports movie. I would say it is not. But, so, so, you know... One thing that you are, though, is a big Aaron Sorkin fan, and uh, I felt watching this, this was very much an, an Aaron Sorkin piece at, at a lot of times, and especially kind of the, the inner workings aspect, the, when, they, when they actually get into the nitty-gritty of... Well, of sabermetrics, which I don't even know if they ever use that word in the I don't movie. Think they do. But they that is, about- that's what it is. When they, when they talk about what Jonah Hill's sort of uh, philosophy is, his character, that is that is called... Oh, yeah, because it's the guy... They show a shot of... They show a picture of the guy who invented it, right? Yes, that, that guy uh, who they, they mentioned, actually, ends Just up working like, for the Red Sox, yeah. Well, um... But tell me, tell me what you think about that specifically, because I, I want to know, as somebody who's not into sports, do they properly... Explain it. Did you have? Did you? Did you? Do you feel like you? You got the point of it. Do you feel like you knew what was going on? No, I didn't understand. I'm not saying it's stupid. It's very, very complicated. Listen, I will tell you what I said to Rebecca. I I saw the movie with my sister Rebecca. Shout out to Rebecca. Um, and on the I didn't remember 
who had made this movie and I said to Rebecca on the way there I was like I don't really know what to expect it's Miller. Yeah. but I think it's I was like I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's like along the lines of the social network in terms of like it's not a comedy but it's not like a super super serious film either like you know I, was, I said I think tonally it's like the social network and then at the end of the movie I was like oh Aaron Sorkin I forgot that he was like one of the writers on this and the reason I was saying the reason I was saying to her I think it's like the social network is not just tone but also I knew the idea is it's a it's a very abstract idea that they've like successfully made a movie out of because I knew it had been getting like, mm-hmm. all kinds of love from you and from you know other critics and everything too and you know that that is the mark of you know a well-made film and really that's a very Aaron Sorkin thing to do too because you know you and I watched The West Wing and I didn't know anything about <laughs> government at all because that's the kind of person I am that I don't know these things and I learned an awful lot and he seems to be very good at explaining things without like he didn't over explain mix the nerdy details with personal story because obviously here what makes this a movie as opposed to like you said a discussion of an abstract concept is that it's really about Billy Bean and his like personal story. I don't know. I just would like to go on the record and say I don't know what Billy Bean looks like in real life, but I officially well, want yeah. Brad Pitt to play me in the movie version of my life. He, he, he was done some favors, obviously here. Well, I would also like to be done that favor when they when they film do a film version of my life. Um. Well, so sorry, I distracted you with Brad Pitt's beauty. Well, I apologize. And anyways, going back to what we were talking about, I mean, uh, I think probably the 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 scene that when I was watching it, because that was kind of one of the things I was thinking while I was watching it is, this is a really enjoyable movie. But are people going to get? As an average audience that's yeah. not big sports fans, are they going to get lost? And the scene that I think is the densest of that is uh, the big um, the big trade scene where Billy is on the phone with like five different teams at the same time yeah. and he's making this big he's he's working them all against each other to try to make these trades and uh and it's a really fun scene and it's very fast paced but you definitely don't really know what's going on until the scene is over, and that's only if you're paying very close well, attention. Well, no, you know how you know what's going on once the scene is over is that you get a fist pump from Brad Pitt, and then you get a fist pump from Jonah Hill. Right. Jonah Hill's character is there to be our, you know, proxy that, you know, he doesn't really understand what's going on either. Mm-hmm. You know, he has that moment where he goes, like, uh, which Sam or whatever, whatever, the somebody had the same first name. Right. And so, like, he's there to go, like... He's there saying to the audience, it's okay if you don't understand it. Like, he right. didn't get it. He doesn't really get it either. Mm-hmm. And this is above your head. Which, again, is a, it's sort of a Sorkin thing to do as well. And, you know, in terms of understanding the system, you know, anything that was actually, like, showing a computer screen or statistics or a graph, that was all done in, like, you know, in a, um, what you call it? Like, in like a, a montage. montage. Yeah. And not basically all exactly you need to know is yeah. we're putting together pieces that we're only asking them to do one thing. And if they do that one thing well, which they do, and that's why we're getting them, it will make a, you know, a perfect team mm-hmm. because they can each be an individual part. We're breaking it down into what they're good at and asking them only to do that thing that they are good at. Right. And that's really all you need to know, you know. Well, you're right. It's actually, I mean, they they break and it they down to the simplest well, possible version of it, which is that essentially what they're doing is making their, their own bad news bears. They're making a ragtag team that 
Well, but not always. They're making a perfect team by just asking, instead of asking well, to be perfect, the whole thing. Well, not cheap. They're making the best team that they can get for their money. Well, no, but they also, you know, they kind of make the point with Billy Bean's backstory that he supposedly had the whole package, and because he lacked confidence, he couldn't do it, whereas mm-hmm. I, I think you can also then say, well, if somebody, if you're only asking somebody to do the thing that they're really good at, they will have the confidence to be really good at it. And they also kind of make it the point, which, you know, I'm remembering this because I saw it, you know, an hour ago. Right. But that, like, you know, the reason the $7 million player gets to be great is because you have, you know, $7 million worth of belief in him. And so, in a way, you know, it's easy for them to be confident, and they sort of live up to what they're getting paid kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, whereas I think if you're, you know... If you're not paying them a lot, then, you know, you kind of go like, but this is the thing you're great at. And by letting them be great at the thing they're great at, then they have the confidence. And I think maybe, I mean, of course, I'm assuming this is based, in fact, the way it actually all played out. The Chris Pratt character, you know, he hits that huge home run. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't what they brought him in for. But, you know, at that point, maybe he just had the confidence right. to accomplish that. You know, because wasn't that supposed to be what he used to do? And because of the nerve damage, he couldn't. Well, no, no. He, he used to be a he used to be a catcher. Which the point of that is, you have to be able, you have to be, you have to oh, throw right. really well when you're a catcher because you've got to be able to throw a guy out at second. That's the primary thing, and he can't. He couldn't throw anymore. So, yeah, so but he made that part up. Well, no, but again, the, the, whole, the whole reason they got him was so because he could hit. Yeah. But. Uh, and so they put him at first base where you don't really have to throw. You just catch. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, yeah, well, t- talk about Chris Pratt because cause I know you like him. I know you're a fan of Chris Pratt. Did you did you, uh, did you you like him here? Well, I'll tell you what. He and Jonah Hill, the whole time I was thinking, gosh, I'm so glad these two funny guys are in a serious movie because, well, for one thing, when funny guys do press for a serious movie, their press is really fun and enjoyable. Like, Jonah Hill is always great mm-hmm. on Conan. I'm sure Chris Brad is great on Conan. But also, I think you get less self-conscious um, acting from comedians. In when you put... Like, they... It seems like they go for... There is not so much... Uh-oh. There's, there's, uh, there's a guest appearance. <laughs> um, you know, they're really... They have a lot to prove, and I think... I vote, you know, Jonah Hill, I mean, Chris Pratt I only really know from Parks and Recreation, and I love him dearly, and he is hilarious on that show. But he does have, like, you know, you knew there was something else there. And Jonah Hill, while he's, I think he is a hilarious, hilarious comedian, and I love to watch him in movies being funny. He also, you know, and you see this in Superbad and stuff, he has very, very broad, loud, big comedy that he does. But there are also moments that he'll go real quiet, and mm-hmm. like, and it's and it's still funny, and he does it for a comedic effect. But that he can do, he actually can go very subtle as well. Yeah, Cyrus was, was a whole movie of that. That's true. Yeah. And this was such like a very understated performance for him, where not a huge amount in terms of like you know showboating was asked of him. But I think it was it's almost more effective when you have somebody who you know is capable of being a big clown, being you know subdued, and it sort of brings. You know, comedians tend to be, like, kind of sad. There's, like, a little sadness mm-hmm. and, like, insecurity, which I think, again, you know, with comedians, yeah. they probably are insecure, really, in real life, you know. So him being kind of, like, you know, like, going, like, yeah, I believe in the system, but, like, he kind of didn't really believe in himself, you know. I think it's the most likable Jonah Hill has oh, ever see, been in love, a movie. I think he's hilarious. I don't think, but I don't, I think he usually doesn't play likable characters. He kind of plays weirdos and a-holes, you know. Yeah. Well, I just thought... You know, it was a, but yes, and I, and I, Chris Pratt, 
to see him not being goofy, he has such a, like, he's just got a good face. I kept thinking that, like, man, look at this guy's face. Because, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's kind of doing Muppety stuff a lot when he's in Parks and yeah. Recreation. And to see, like, he could really, he could do, like, a major vulnerability on his face. I just... It was just a really well-cast movie. And let's talk about Brad Pitt. Besides being a beautiful, yeah. beautiful man. Who All right. All I found right. out he's 47, which means, like, he could be my dad. It's upsetting to me. That, and also that he looks that good, you know. He would have been pretty young if he was your dad, to no, be fair. No, a little young. But, um... This yeah, is going somewhere weird, know. by the way. But go ahead. No, no. I'm, that, I'm, besides him being an incredibly well-looking man... <laughs> It's ever wait, time out, sidebar. One of my primary problems, but really the only thing I have to say bad about this movie is his hair and Jonah Hill's hair. There were some follicular problems there. Follicular? Yeah. Follicular? As in right, I get it. the follicles. I get it. His hair looks like a wig the whole movie, and I can't imagine why it would have been, but it was like too thick at the back where it should have been a little thinned out in the nape of his neck. And Jonah Hill's hair was like blown out. Just let him have his little curly hair. Who cares? Like, he had, like, they like, like, trying to look like the people that they really are. Well, whatever. It's just distracting. By the way, I hope hope the guy that Jonah Hill plays is really a fat guy, because otherwise, that's a a real shame that that your boss gets played by Brad Pitt and you get played by Jonah Hill. Well, you know, I, I remember when seeing press for this, I was thinking, like, Jonah Hill, gosh, he's so young, but... They do, thankfully, say, yeah, he's fresh out of college, this is his first job, and I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, so, that, thankfully, has been explained. Well, and I will also say, I have to think, and she was, she was quite nice, and it was fine, I have to think the daughter was cast, because she actually is a singer, because that is not I thought she was a really good actress, though. I thought she did a good job. That's not a Hollywood face at all. No, but I thought she was a good actress. I think she was, but I do think... I I appreciate doing that. I I hate... There's nothing I hate more than a polished kid actor in a movie. Nothing can pull you out of believability in a movie. Well, actually, I guess that might might be my second little gripe with the movie, because they didn't quite spend enough time on that, because that was sort of the payoff of why he stayed. Yeah. But I don't really think that they gave enough time to, and I would have been fine with it just not being there. Like, it's not really justified as the payoff of the movie and why he stays. Just okay. Because there wasn't a lot of so you don't, time. So you don't think that they properly set it up? Because obviously that's what he did. It was nice, but it was, you know, I mean, you, you cast Robin Wright, as his wife, and she uses she's and, in one scene. And what did you think of Spike Jones playing oh, the new husband? That's who it was. Yeah, it was, it was a good little, scene, but I'm saying, like, they didn't really give that quite as much attention as it merited to be the you know ultimate reason why he. I can I, would say, I can I see why you would say that. I, to me, it worked, and I felt it, it did work. I felt a, it I felt uneven. a tug on the heartstrings when he was listening to her song, and I thought to myself when he was going when he's driving to the airport or wherever he was going, and he was listening to her song. I I thought I. Because I didn't know the way it all ended oh, no, me for either. him personally. Like the King's speech, but probably less weird. Than I the mean, I always have the benefit of being the audience member who knows the least of anyone there. Well, I had no idea if they were going to. I'm not a baseball. Streak. Like I didn't know if he was yeah. going to go to the Reds. I had no idea. I'm not a baseball happen. guy. I didn't know about the streak. I did know that they don't win the World Series, so I knew. I knew at least it wasn't going there. Um, Actually, and the way that was told, I was confused. What? That they didn't win that season. Like it took me because. I thought it was just the first game. I, oh, you know what? I, I, think, I think that's true, too. I think they didn't set up the, the uh, 
their situation in the playoff very well. I, I just thought, okay, they lost the first game, and then it was it like, it's like till it's postseason. I'm like, oh, wait. No, what? so apparently no. that was the elimination game. Yeah. yeah. So That was confusing. Right. I, I, I agree with that, actually. But, no, um, I mean, I, I didn't know the, whether – I didn't know. I knew. I knew of Billy Bean. I didn't know if he stayed in Oakland or went to Boston. Right. So, to me, uh, it made sense in that moment when they were playing the song. I, it made sense to me to say uh, that you know I I wanted him to stay, and it was obvious right. that that was the right thing for him to do. And uh, and by the way, also nice little performance from. The Red Sox, uh, you know, the, the Red Sox guy that we get in that movie, who was the only thing I could tell you that I know that he was in was he was in the highly underrated AMC series, Rubicon. Uh, Rubicon. He was great, though. He was great in Rubicon, and he was, and he was good in this. I'll tell you what, I actually, he and also the uh, Oakland, like, Recruiters, what are they called? The, yeah, those the guys table. were great. Yeah, I, both of the scouts. The, yeah, the Red Sox guy and the scouts. I thought, are these actually non-professionals? I mean, I I, I thought that they were maybe the actual scouts mm-hmm. in the room. And the Red Sox. I bet some of them like, were. I kind of I thought like well, maybe this is really well. The Red Sox guy was whoever. was that actor, but yeah. but that guy is actually a um I believe he's a playwright. I think he's actually not just an actor. Oh, he was a little like guy who always wore turtlenecks and Bubicon. He's you could call it Bubicon. Yeah, and that's yeah. how I felt about it. it. No, he's he was the. Um, he was the he was the boss the little, internal like, yeah, he was boss. tiny and he was always wearing yeah, little, little little glasses that's right Lola. that's right yeah <laughs> well so anyways but oh, I didn't ever talk about Brad Pitt I mean I did okay let's let's but, talk about Brad Pitt's performance because there's been some discussion of we talked about it on Aspect Radio this week of uh, is that something that could be Oscar consideration I think so and I'll tell you what what struck me about the performance. Because in a way, it was a it was a fairly thankless, you know, role. But one thing that really stood out to me is that he he walked this line of like really despairing and being worried. And then anytime he walked into a meeting, he had to be a salesman. And it was always like, yeah, everything's good, everything's good. Like you know, he mm-hmm. had to he would have to act like it wasn't hurting him. Right. When you know we knew from having seen the character that he was, he was very, really distraught, really worried, very concerned, but then he always had to walk into a room and be like, nope, everything's fine. Everything's good. He was very shrewd as a businessman, yeah. Which is what that is. I mean, the job of being a manager is you're essentially a CEO. You know, you're running a company. So, in, in a lot of ways, it is a business movie. There's very little, you know, they, they kind of make a point Brad Pitt uh, or Billy Bean does several times in the movie to say, you know, that he kind of resists the romantic parts of baseball because he knows that gets in the way of doing what his job is, which is, you know, doesn't really have anything to do with that, with that stuff. You know, he has a couple of moments of that, but for the most part, you know, he gets burned by that every time he lets himself start to get romantic about baseball. Well, but I think the whole point of the Jonah Hill showing him the tape at one point was right. to kind of give him his love back for the game because right. I think with his whole backstory... You're trying to the game, tape of the fat guy? Yeah. Yeah. That was great. But I think, and you know, and, and Billy Bean does say like, oh yeah, there is still romance in this mm-hmm. game or whatever. Right. And um, 
you know, I think kind of the whole, his whole backstory I thought was very effective. That was a side storyline that I liked and that kind of, you know, dovetailed nicely with what was going on with him that, you know, he, I think in some respects we're supposed to get that maybe he would have, you know, he wished he'd been, he'd been able to, he had, you know, known that just because everybody's telling him, you've got it, kids, you've got right. it. it doesn't Those guys don't really it, know you what know, and he, they're and he talking about. on college and, you know. Sure. His, his great college career he could have had and everything. So I think that all kind of came together nicely that, you know, he he had been burned by the old way of doing things, and so now he had discovered this new way. He had a personal reason. Just And actually, you, you know, you talk about the comparison to the social network. That's a very similar idea there, which is, you know, essentially Sorkin's take on 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 Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook is that it's all basically a vanity project for Mark Zuckerberg to prove to everyone that uh, and, and prove to his old girlfriend, you know, that he's that he's right and she's wrong. And so that, but, I think there's a similarity there. But that being said, you know, I think that Billy Bean, or the way it's played in this film, you know, his motivation is he does want to revolutionize the game because he loves it so much and he feels like it had gotten to where it wasn't, it just wasn't fair. Like teams couldn't possibly be fairly matched because it became Moneyball. Although, actually, Moneyball, I guess, is supposed well, to be the same. Well, that's what he does. But it is, it is, it is un- inherently unfair, unlike a lot of sports. So, and he kind of says... Baseball is, is not set up to be fair. You can... Uh, New York and Boston will always, always have way, way more money to play with than Oakland and Pittsburgh. Well, so that's why... will never be fair. But that's, you know, after they win the streak, there's a scene where he's sitting there with... Um, Jonah Hill. I can't think of any. I don't know character names. It's all right. We can call Um, him Jonah Hill. You know, and he says, yeah, but what's the point? Like, what's the point? We broke this streak. What does it matter? And he's like, well, you know, we broke the streak or whatever, Mm -hmm. or we broke the record. And he, and you know, he says point blank, like he wants to revolutionize the game. You know, and then sort of the post Basically, on the movie sets is... sets the bar for himself as being, we have to win the World Series or nobody will think that we've, that, that what we've done was successful. But then, like I said, by the end of the movie, by the little post, you know, script on mm-hmm. you, you find out, okay, the Red Sox won because they started using this. And this has become, yeah. this did revolutionize the game, even though they didn't win the World Series. So, you know, whatever. I thought well, was- and that's partially true, but... You know, also, as we see at the beginning of the movie, the Red Sox used it, but they also just are the Red Sox, and they could go steal players from from Oakland, which is what that that's what happens at the very beginning of the movie when they're tearing those banners down. The Red Sox took all their players, right? And uh, well, and and the Yankees, but you know, it's uh, I, to me to me that's what this is like a very. I'm going to get a little sportsy on you for a second here, but. It's it's interesting that you know that this this kind of movie can only really be made about baseball. You couldn't make a football movie about this because the the whole point of it really is in the end, you know, he sort of finds a way to manipulate the system to win a lot more games. But they the, they kind of get to this point at the end in that whole playoff sequence. I think somebody says to him, you know, the way you're doing things is built to win. A lot of games over a long period of time, but you're, it's not built to win one game. When you get to the playoffs, you know you just have to you just have to be the better team, or you're not going to advance. And so it kind of does become about romanticism when you get to the single game 
situation, which is a, but which is a but the whole rest of the season doesn't work that way. It's almost like it's almost like gambling, you know. It's like he's playing with big numbers. Well, they do say it's counting cards. At the yeah, it is like counting cards, right? So if if you play your system and you do things the right way over big enough numbers, it will pay off in the end, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. To to me, it's it's interesting to watch because I'm not I'm not a baseball guy. Baseball is very very numbers oriented, and you know, football is is don't let's even completely. Why would you, you sell it? You could never money ball football because it's it's all about single Stop game it. situations. Why are we even talking about that vile thing? <laughs> well, I will say if we're gonna uh, do the one to one comparison of social network. Versus Moneyball. I would say Social Network to me was a little bit tighter, a little bit neater. Like I said, oh, yeah, this isn't as good a movie little, as Social Network. I kind of had my yeah. little beef with, you know, the ending again, which I thought was nice, but it, because it didn't feel quite justified, it felt a little forced. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, how are we going to end this movie? Because, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go on a limb and say, I bet Billy Bean's daughter does not play the guitar and sing sweet songs. I don't know. You. She might. Yeah, maybe, but it seems... Uh, it it just seemed because it didn't quite feel like it was you know built up enough to really be a legitimate payoff. It felt like they were just kind of trying to get a pat ending on there. Whereas I feel like the Social Network was very you know from beginning to end was a very yeah. tight movie. Do you feel like it's? Uh, uh, I only bring this up because I'm interested to hear what you think about it. Um, you know, a lot of people. Like who are baseball people have told me when I when I started saying that I really liked the movie after I saw it. Baseball people started telling me, "Well, I can't believe they made a movie about it because he never succeeded," and that's their take on it. Knowing, you know, basically what are the facts of the movie and the facts of the plot. Do you feel like the movie tries to make you think that he was a success, or do you think it's more? middle ground about whether or not what he was doing actually was successful well, and worked. no, I think... I mean, you mentioned the postscript. That yeah, the that. postscript is they basically give him credit for the Red Sox winning, and then they say, but he's still at Oakland, and he's still, you know, losing or whatever. I don't know. Trying to make it work, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you feel like, I mean, I, I guess too, and again, if this, I think if it had been a little bit tighter of a movie, you maybe could have made this happen. You know, I think it's supposed to be more like it's a victory for him. Like he's yes. kind of gotten over Personal his demons, victory, you know, yeah. going like, you know, it just wasn't meant to be for me, you know, because I didn't, you know, whatever. Well, I think sometimes he, it works, sometimes it doesn't. I, think, again, he I don't impacted, think that was quite yeah, he, as well accomplished as it, yeah. like if that had been done. They just a little bit missed the mark on making that. Like I said, it does dovetail nicely, but not as powerfully as it maybe could have, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of paralleling I think, his emotional payoff for his personal past. Yeah. I think they almost kind of go the, the uh, you know, the Braveheart route a little bit with it, where they're sort of like, well, he didn't win the war and become king, but he, he still was the reason some, you know, that the war was won or whatever. You know, they basically say, well, his, he, he said at the beginning he just wanted to make an impact, and he did make an impact. He just didn't He just didn't get it on his terms. He didn't win, you know, everything. He didn't win the whole shebang. Right. But I do think it was a solid movie. I enjoyed it very much, you know. Um, people were like, oh, yeah, you know, at the end. There was, like, an audible reaction. Did you? You, go, you had a, you had a crowd reaction? Like, 
It wasn't like cheering or anything. We were cheering when, uh, uh, was it Henneman hits the, uh, yeah, I think we might have some some happiness there. But uh, it was just so built up, and that is that really did happen, and it's so crazy that they they were what was it like? It was like eleven to nothing, and then they the team came all the way back and tied them, and they had to. Basically, yeah, it was a walk-off home run. So he, that, you know, it's, it's to me, it's even cooler that that actually did happen. Well, right, and that's what, you know, it that's doesn't what makes feel like the sports. Yeah. Because stuff like that does happen. Yeah. We believe in miracles, Matt. That's right. Yes. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Different movie. Whatever, it's all the same. It's all, it's yeah. all the same. But, yeah, I thought it was good, and I definitely think it accomplished the goal of, you know, as someone who doesn't know anything about anything, like I feel, I, I feel like I left it with a little more knowledge about how baseball works. Yeah, I do feel like I left it with that about on base percentage and. No, and I'm talking about actually like the trading and stuff. Like I didn't realize there was like you, you can, can trade, trade up to a certain players. point during the season. Oh, there's stuff, a trade deadline. Yeah, that, right. You know, as a thing, so yeah. So you just mean like the player management part of it. That, that yeah. that's how that works and, and cutting people and sending them down to the minors and yeah yeah we didn't even talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman but he was just in well he's a little bit pitch. of a background player here yeah, though. Well, this, this is probably the least prominent role Philip Seymour Hoffman has done in a very long time yeah I'll tell you what he looks the part and kind of yeah, yeah he, was, he does like a good job on the seed yeah, yeah. He's, he's good at it for sure he he uh you know he puts a lot into that character. He just is a very important part of the that, story. Like, they didn't quite. They kind of built up like that was headed towards something, and then it kind of just petered out. Like once they started winning, yeah. it became like a non-conflict. I think he was just meant to be there as another presence who was just constantly saying, "This is stupid. We sh- this isn't the way you yeah. do it." And you know, he's the last guy to be convinced, basically. Yeah, but again, I will say again, I did like it a lot. Um... It was good. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned to you via the text messages, I also got a little sneak peek at something. Yeah, actually, let's throw this on here, too. This is a spoiler alert. Extra well, spoiler. Like, I mean, it's not anything spoiler. No, look, you know how the film nerds are. But extra, I'm not going to say anything plot-wise. As an extra spoiler alert, Francesca saw, she says she's not going to say anything plot-wise. Wouldn't matter anyway, because you've probably already seen the original right. movie. But Francesca got a little sneak peek. At like what did you say? Eight minutes of it, but it was like a, it was the with the like dragon tattoo, the minutes. David Fincher version. But what it was, it was really like an eight-minute trailer. It was not. It wasn't like was it scenes from the movie. Not really. It was just a very in-depth trailer. Which actually, I was thinking, if you didn't know what this, I mean, like they gave away a lot of stuff in that. But it wasn't like eight minutes uninterrupted. It was just like yeah. a, a very long tra- trailer where they really like laid out like the plot and like plot points to. Uh, it was eight minutes. Yeah. Well, that's what they said ahead of time that oh, wow. we're gonna watch an eight minutes thing. But it was really just it was like a very in depth trailer where they like got into like how he ends up you know meeting the family and then what happens once he's there. What he's really listen. I've seen the Swedish movie or whatever it is. It's a, I mean, it's a twisty... I don't have any idea what happened in that movie. I have no idea. Yeah, you do. The first one, definitely. Uh, a little bit. Really like a murder mystery. I get some yeah. of it, but there's a lot of it that I just was like, whatever. I guess that guy's bad now. Um, well, I will say, I it, it went a long way for me being invested in this. I was not really excited about the remake. You, you, Mara is really... 
like there was enough of her in it for me to go like wow like I think I want to like her better than the original girl yeah and in a lot of ways too because character wise knew me whatever repiche I don't Rep- know how you say Rep- her name Repasse, Repache yeah, I don't know the original one was is much older than she's actually you know she's supposed to be like a 17 year old yeah, that's what I've heard a lot of people say is the Rooney Mara look that she's got. It seems to be closer to the book. Yeah, well, I mean, not is, I'm just saying it's crazy looking. I mean, it's, it's not an attractive look. But Rooney Mara has like has like massacred herself for this movie. Of course, they did. I didn't realize that. Um, which I had thought, like, are they going to set this like over in in uh, Sweden? North is? <laughs> I don't know what country is. Is it Norway? No, I think is it in Norway. I think it's... Oh, I'm so embarrassed now. I've even read the book. Because I don't know. Well, at any rate, I was like, you know, it's kind of important that it's in that landscape. But I was like, but it's a bunch of, you know, not foreign actors. Well, they're doing accents, which is kind of annoying. Oh, no, they're doing, yeah. more, like, Nordic accents. Yeah, good, Nordic, that works. Yeah. Um, Scandinavian. There we go. Yes. So all of the actors are doing Scandinavian accents in English. So, well, she is... I, you know, there wasn't a lot of Daniel Craig actually actually speaking in it, but I think he uh-huh. is. And you know, the uh, is there anyone else famous in it? Christopher Plummer is the patriarch of the big family, yeah, which is pretty cool. cool. Um, let me think. Was there anybody? Who's else the uh, Who's the rapist? Uh, it, it was not anybody. I no one famous. Fat guy, curly hair. We all suggested immediately when we heard about the American remake that the film nerds all decided that it needs to be uh, Mr. Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's true. He does have that vibe. Um, but it looks, you know, it it looked it looked good. But like I said, they were kind of really getting Did into they play the yeah yeah yeahs. No, 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 no. I mean, it was no, they did not play that. It was not that quick cutty. It was at the end. They kind of got into quick cutty. Yeah. It was, you know, they were really like they were like really laying out the plot. Like I don't know if you remember much about the mystery. I remember bits and pieces of it. But they kind of got into that to a point that I was like, this is like spoilers. Like, this is a plot People point. People will remember. When they're... They won't get it in the trailer. I don't know. Because, again, this movie's a long trailer. That's what Look, I'm saying. You've seen the mo- a movie version of it already, and you've read the book. So you, you have a huge base of knowledge that you are... I mean, you see shots in that trailer and go, oh, I know what part no, this is. No, I'm saying, though, this wasn't like the quick cut, you know... Yeah. Ah, it wasn't that one. <laughs> it was... This was actually like they were showing like scenelets or parts of scenes, and some of what they were showing was like part, you know, integral parts of the mystery that you know he and she are trying to solve. Right. That it's like a, a point where in the original movie you're going like, oh, really? Okay. Like that it's like a plot point that is crucial to solving the mystery, and they were like showing it in this thing. But I don't know whoever, I don't know who else in the world is ever going to see an eight minute trailer. I don't know. Probably online. I guess, but, you know, it looks, it definitely, you know, it's the first time I've really been interested, actually, in seeing it. I, I mean, I was interested in seeing it as soon as I found out that David Fincher was making it, but, you know, uh, I, I just think his, I, I don't really care if it's a remake and I already know what happens, I just want to see. Well, obviously you don't know what happens. Well, no, I don't really know, but I, I would just would like to see, you know, I'll always pretty much see a David Fincher movie. Well, la da But, yeah, so it was really more than anything I just appreciated that I got to send you a text message that said, like, oh, did you Oh, yeah, you dropping special things on me. And you said, no, exclamation point, large letters. <laughs> and, I was, and I showed it to Rebecca, and I was like, oh, snap, look what I got. What did Rebecca think of Moneyball? Uh, I didn't 
she liked it. Yeah. She, she liked it. We didn't actually... Um, maybe we can, yeah, maybe we can get Rebecca to... Uh, if if Rebecca listens, maybe she, maybe she could uh, leave us some of her thoughts on the on the film nerds Facebook page. I'm sure she will. We did have a discussion on the way to the movie about how hot Brad Pitt is. It, I feel like it's so. So you and this night was just you and your sister going to the movies and Basically. eating eating popcorn and talking about Rebecca Brad Pitt being hot. Fool. And of the nachos, course, nachos. Listen, yeah. Let me tell you something. She shared them with me. The nachos are. Exceptionally good at the rave motion get, pictures. Get now I'm going to be eating. Now I'm going to be wanting not So I'm going to have to sit together. next to you and smell jalapenos while I, I watch think my she next movie. Get jalapenos in hers, but it is like kind of spicy cheese. It was very delicious. But um, <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a good girls' night out here. Oh, shut up! You just because you're jealous. Listen, you know that generally, like my taste runs like. Rivers Cuomo. So it's just, I feel a little, I feel like a sellout. Usually you like nerds. I know. So you see, you're going against the grain here. Oh, come on. Like, you're not in love with him, too. You're a human being. You have a pulse. He's a beautiful man. There, I've said it. Uh, all right. Well. Although, see, he's he's a beautiful man who's protected by a lioness of a wife. Who I would be too afraid. She's kind of scary, so. You would have to fight your way through her. That's right. And she would murder me. She, for you, she, she would be picking pieces of you from her teeth for a week. That's right. And that's because I'm a big woman. <laughs> it would take a week to get all of me out of your, your teeth. Alright. And I have big lips, but by God. <laughs> no one's going to win that war. Put, put together, you might have Angelina's lower lip. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. <laughs> that's where she stores all her power and anger. That's right. It's actually all in the lip, yeah. That's right. <laughs> if you were to, if you, the baby's if, laughing. If he you, thinks we're hilarious. If you were to wound that lip, there would be like a vortex of energy swirling towards it. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you have any? Do you have any final thoughts you want to share about this movie that you have that we haven't covered yet? I think it was good. It's good. All right. Well, we both we both recommend Moneyball. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, probably going to be there as a part of the, um, you know awards race stuff so if you're into that you want to get on that boat right now it should be um uh if i'm if i'm releasing this podcast correctly then it should be out in theaters today wherever you are so Um, why would you even say that maybe maybe you should put it out like tomorrow well, no, I, I, I want to put it out before people can have a chance to actually see the movie. People are clamoring for cinematrimony, Matt. They don't care. No, but look, they, they can, uh, I'll, I'll tease them. I'll let them know it's coming this week. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we will hopefully right, have we'll another one of these. see a movie next week. There's, there's some discussions happening behind the scenes about getting another one of these out to you soon. So hopefully we can uh, return to regularly scheduled programming. I haven't given up on Captain America, which would blow people's minds. I know. I'm still pregnant when we did that one, but well, it got lost. In it, the it was, unfortunately, the Captain America podcast was... Uh, was lost due to some technical issues, but it, it could possibly be recovered one day. We'll see. Do I sound less pregnant? Do you sound maybe, less pregnant? You know, I'm not as fat as I was. Maybe maybe there's not as much fat on my vocal cords. Maybe it was forcing my voice to be up here. I think, last one. I think you still sound the same. Oh. I think your voice is still the lovely, dulcet tones <gasps> that it was before. Oh, good. 
right. Well, thank you, folks, and we will see you again soon. Bye.